Heavenly Father, we thank you for the prophet Isaiah and we thank you for his words of wisdom. And we thank you that they are not just his words, the prophet, but that they are your words. Lord, may you bless the study of your word this morning as we look at it together. May you be speaking through me and speaking through Isaiah. Lord, we pray that what we hear from Isaiah may bring in those who are lost and may encourage those who already do believe. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever given a present to someone that was meant to be pleasing to them but wasn't? You wanted to do something good and give them a present and it turns out the present wasn't uh, pleasing to them at all. I always have this dilemma with giving presents to my wife, Jill. She likes surprises. And so that then means I have to think of something that she wants and would like, but she can't tell me, inform me. She wants it to be a surprise. And so over the years of being married, and the time before that, I've endeavoured to do so, but many presents I have given her that were a surprise, I don't think were particularly pleasing to her. She looks at them and goes, oh, okay. One of them, a classic example, was for Valentine's Day, I gave her Jenga. Uh, the game of uh, blocks and I thought because we can play a game together it'd be good, you know, a sort of board game a good Valentine's Day present Um, but I've got the feeling that uh, it wasn't exactly a pleasing present to her we sometimes give presents to people and they aren't pleasing and God expects us to give offerings to him as well to give presents to him And Isaiah has, in this text that we're looking at this morning, something to say about the offerings of God. Something to say about them. And my first main point about what Isaiah has to say about these offerings that the Israelites are bringing is that they are not pleasing, that they are displeasing to God. So my first main point, if you're following along on the back of the bulletin there, it says the Israelite offerings were displeasing. God is not happy with their offerings. What, firstly, as we look at this point, what were the offerings? Well, we've got sacrifices is one of the things that they're, they're doing to God. They're bringing sacrifices to him. In verse 11 it says, the multitude of your sacrifices. The other thing that they're bringing to God and offering him is gatherings. We see those in, uh, in verse 13. Uh, halfway through it talks about new moons, Sabbaths, convocations. I cannot bear your evil assemblies. So one of the things that they're offering to God is gathering in his name, having these assemblies, having different types of assemblies and gathering in his name. That's one of the things that we can offer God, is gathering in his name. And then the third thing that they're offering to God that Isaiah wants to comment on is their prayers. Down in verse 15, when you spread out your hands in prayer, they're offering to God prayer. But God is not happy with these three things, these sacrifices, these gatherings, assemblies and with their prayers. He's not happy. How do we know this? Well, we know he's not happy with the sacrifices by the way he speaks in verses 11 and 12. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord in verse 11. I have more than enough of burnt offerings, of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. 
And he continues into verse 12, talking about these sacrifices and how displeasing they are. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you? I haven't asked you to come with these, he says, this trampling of my courts. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. These are meaningless sacrifices, he is saying. Your incense, the sacrifice of incense, he's not just talking about the sacrifice of animals, he's talking about the sacrifice of incense. He says, is it pleasing to him? No, it is detestable to me. Clearly he is not happy with the sacrifices that they are bringing. God doesn't like them one little bit. And what about the gatherings? Is he happy with them having these gatherings? Well, he talks about them in halfway through verse 13. New moons, Sabbaths and convocations. I cannot bear your evil assemblies. He cannot bear them. It's like um, someone bringing you presents or gathering at your birthday party and you have to sit through two hours of a birthday party for yourself. People have gathered to celebrate you and you just cannot bear seeing them come and gather in, in celebration of you and your birthday. I just cannot bear them, God says, and he calls them evil assemblies. They're not good, they're not pleasing in his eyes at all. And then he continues, verse 14, ripping into these gatherings, your new moon festivals and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. He hates them with the very soul that he is, the very life that he is, he hates these gatherings of the people. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. They are just simply a burden. Going to, uh, having them gather for him, it would be like going to a birthday party. It's a burden to be there in the, in, at the party. And then, what about prayers? Maybe he's pleased with the prayers. He doesn't like the sacrifice, he doesn't like the gatherings. What about the prayers, the other thing that they're offering to God? Verse 15, When you spread out your hands in prayer, I am pleased. No, he says, I will hide my eyes from you. Even if you offer many prayers, I will not listen. So he doesn't want to see them praying and he doesn't want to hear them praying. He is not happy with the Israelite prayers one little bit. Now why aren't these things happy, uh, making God happy? Why aren't they pleasing to him? Are they inherently wrong? Should they not have been bringing sacrifices to God? Should they not have been praying to him? Should they not have been gathering in his name? No, these things are inherently good. They're supposed to be things that the people are doing. Sacrifices are commanded in the scripture. Sacrifices of animals and sacrifices of incense, they're commanded. And these Israelites, it's not as though they're offering the wrong types of sacrifices, they're offering the right types of sacrifices. It's not like they're bringing diseased and lame animals and the, the ones that they don't really want, the imperfect animals. No, they're bringing good animals. They're bringing fat ones, it says in verse 11. And God loves fat animals, the, 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 the rich ones uh, that people would love to eat. I do love fat. I do think it's a, a wonderful thing to have in your food. It uh, makes it pleasing to the taste. And people like it. The Israelites liked it. But God also liked fat animals. And so there was a temptation always to give the skinny animal to God and keep the fat one for yourself. Is that what the Israelites were doing? No. It says verse 11, I have more than enough of burnt offerings, of rams and the fat of fattened animals. They're bringing the right offerings to God here. 
It's not like they're doing the wrong sacrifices. What about their gatherings? Are they doing the wrong gatherings? Are they gathering at the wrong time? Are gathering something that God doesn't want his people to do? No, he wants people to gather on the Sabbath. He wants people to have these festivals. There's all these commands in the Old Testament about which festivals you're meant to keep and at what time. And they were doing that. They had the new moons, it says there in verse 13. Sabbath and convocations, convocations where you convene together, you come together for maybe a gathering for a public reading of scripture, of the Torah, of the law of God. And so these people were coming for those. And there's something that is commanded in the Bible. It wasn't like they were gathering to worship another god. They were gathering for the right reason. So it's not like they're doing the wrong thing here, something that's inherently wrong that doesn't please God. But what about their prayers? Maybe their prayers aren't something God wants. No, God wants his people to pray. He loves his people to pray. And these prayers that they're praying, they're not praying them to another God, they're praying them to Yahweh, they're praying them to Jehovah, to the God of the the Lord of the Old Testament. They're praying prayers to him. So these things aren't inherently wrong. So what is wrong with them? Well, maybe it's not that God isn't pleased with the gift. Maybe it's that they aren't offering enough of these things. It's like um, giving presents to my wife, Jill. I might find something that she really likes, but my presents are few and far between. You know, I don't recognise her birthday, I don't recognise Christmas, I don't recognise Easter, I don't recognise Valentine's Day, I just recognise anniversary. You know, that's the one time of the year I give her a present. And she appreciates the present that I give her, but what if I was to not uh, give them all year round and then she would think, oh, they're not enough. I do give my wife presents all year round. So I think that... um, that, that was an, a personal illustration. But there's a possibility that I could maybe not give her enough presents. Is that what the Israelites were doing? They weren't sacrificing enough. They weren't gathering enough together in God's name or they weren't praying enough. No, they're doing lots of sacrifices, it says in verse 11. It opens up, verse 11, the multitude of your sacrifices. They're doing plenty of sacrifices. What about the gatherings? They're doing plenty of gatherings. Uh, they, uh, they're doing the right ones, they're doing new moons, Sabbath, convocations. It's not like they're just meeting on the Sabbath or just for one festival for one day of the year. They're meeting for many festivals over and over again. And the prayers, it's not like they're praying just once. They're doing multiple prayers. It says, verse 15, When you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you, even if you offer many prayers. They weren't just praying once, they were praying many, many times. So why is God unhappy with these offerings of the people, their sacrifices, their gatherings and their prayers? It's not because the things are inherently wrong and it's not because they aren't doing many of them. What is the problem? Well, that's my second main point. Sin spoilt the good offerings. Sin spoilt the good offerings. It's kind of like when you give a present and it gets spoilt. It's a good present, but it's spoilt in some way. Classic example is chocolate. You give a box of chocolates to someone and they're quite appreciative of them, but they've been exposed to the sun or they've been in the fridge at some point and then they've been cooled and so they go all white and flaky or you know something's in them. In um, Queensland, growing up, uh, they regularly get little worms in Freddo frogs and all kinds of things and it's spoilt. And that's what's happened here. 
It's like a present that has been spoiled, like sending, uh, giving someone a beautiful piece of china and it's ended up cracked and it's useless. It's broken in the box that was sent through uh, the mail. It's spoiled and that's what's happened. These things are good, they've just become spoiled by sin. The Israelites are doing the right thing, they've just spoiled it by doing something else as well and that is their sin. How do we know they've spoiled these offerings, that that's the problem? Well, Isaiah tells us. He goes through sacrifices, gatherings, prayers and then at the end of verse 15 he starts to get on to why these things are problematic, why these things are spoiled. Verse 15, your hands are full of blood. You are murderers. You are hurting one another. You have blood on your hands. And so you're coming here in prayer, you're raising your hands in prayer to me and there's blood dripping off them of the people that you have abused and murdered and hated and stolen from. It's dripping from your hands. And so when you raise your hands in prayer, it's unacceptable in my eyes. You, are, you have hands stained of blood. And so he tells them in verse 16, wash and make yourselves clean. You are unclean people. Continuing in verse 16, take your evil deeds out of my sight. These people are committing evil deeds at the same time as they are sacrificing and praying and gathering in God's name. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Encourage the oppressed. Defend the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. These Israelites were doing all the opposite of these things. They weren't doing right. They weren't seeking justice. They weren't encouraging the oppressed. They weren't defending the cause of the fatherless. And they weren't pleading the case of the widow. They need to wash and make themselves clean if they're going to be able to offer anything to God that is acceptable. And so they need to do, the, do what Isaiah says. They need to stop doing evil. They need to wash themselves, make themselves clean, take your evil deeds out of my sight, stop doing wrong, verse 16. Learn to do right. This is what they need to do. Seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. And they also not need, only need to stop doing the wrong thing, they need to sort out their sins and the tarnished natures that they have because of their sins. They need to be washed away. And how does that happen? Well, God encourages them in verse 18 with one of those um, classic verses that we generally learn in Sunday school. These people need to admit their sinners and be washed. Verse 18, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. God is saying, let's sort out our difference. Let's sit down and work this out. What do you need to do? Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. They need to admit that their sins are scarlet. They need to repent of their sins and ask God to make their themselves as white as snow. The word scarlet there is used for guilt. It's uh, that you've got blood on your hands and it's kind of um, close to blackness, dark blood. It shows wrath and fire. So these people, that's what they are. Their sins are like scarlet but they need to sort these out with God and be as white as snow. Though they be as red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And notice the type of white that they need to be, that they need to sort out with God. It's a pure white 
that God will make them into. If they ask for forgiveness, they will have a pure white. It's not like it's a bleached garment that was previously scarlet, it was previously crimson, and so it needs to be bleached and washed. No, it becomes something that is essentially white. Snow is essentially white. It can be damaged when it gets to the ground and become dirty, but it's essentially white. And that's what people, the Israelites, need to become through the forgiveness of God. They need to become like wool. Wool on the sheep grows white and then it gets dirty as the sheep runs around in the paddock and bumps up against other sheep. It gets the dirt on it. But it's essentially white and that's what God requires. He wants these Israelites to admit they are sinners, to repent of their sins, stop doing the wrong thing and become as white as snow through the forgiveness that he can give them. And so they need to be willing and obedient to do this, it says in verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, then you will eat the best from the land. If you do this, I will accept your offerings, I will accept your sacrifices, I will accept your gatherings, I will accept your prayers, and I will reward you, verse 19. You will eat from the land? No, not just from the land, the best from the land. He gives you the best from the land if you are willing and obedient to stop doing wrong repent of your sins and wash yourself in the forgiveness that God can give to make you white as snow but if you do not verse 20 if you resist and rebel you will be devoured by the sword you can either eat the best from the land or you can continue giving me meaningless sacrifices continue sinning and be devoured by the sword. Okay, so that's the Israelites' uh, offerings and Isaiah's commentary on it as to what, uh, what God thinks of these sacrifices, uh, these offerings that, God is give, uh, that these Israelites are giving to God. Is there anything for us here? Is there anything for us in this part of God's word? Well, that's my third main point and my last main point. Sin still spoils good offerings. It spoiled the good offerings of the Israelites and it still spoils the good offerings of people of the Lord today who we know as Christians. Sin still spoils things. The people of God, Christians, people come all the time and make offerings to God. We don't offer sacrifices in the way that the Israelites did with fattened animals but we do offer money. In the Old Testament, the, the sacrifices were very costly to the Israelites. They were part of their livelihood. And today we make the sacrifice most commonly in our society of money. We give to the Lord. We give financially to God. We make that sacrifice to him. And people are very good at doing it. They do lots of giving. They give very generously. People make that sacrifice, just as the Israelites made many sacrifices and people are very good at coming to meetings. There are many people gathered around the world as we speak this Sunday who are very regular at church. They come every week. They come again and again and again and gather in God's name. And they go to Bible studies through the week. They go to prayer meetings. They go to uh, conventions like we have up at Katoomba. People are very good at going to Christian meetings. Just like the Israelites were very good at gathering together. And people are very good at praying. They pray many prayers. 
over and over and over again. They pray regularly every day. They pray the Lord's Prayer and they pray other prayers for different people. God bless so-and-so, God bless so-and-so. Every day they do it again and again and again. People are very good at offering prayers, many prayers like the Israelites did. But unrepentant sin and committing evil, persisting in evil, can seriously spoil these good things as well. If giving financially and gathering together, giving of your time and giving of prayers are done without true repentance and a turning from evil, these things that you are offering to God are just worthless and just annoy him. They're hypocritical prayers, gatherings and sacrifices that you are making. True repentance is not only being sorry for sin but also a turning from sin. And that's the problem with these Israelites. They'll bring sacrifices to show we are sorry for our sin but there was no turning from their sin at all. They were persisting in their evil. They weren't stopping doing wrong and people still do that today. People still offer things to God and don't truly repent of their sins. They don't turn from their sins. They don't stop doing evil and they don't wash themselves by coming to God and asking for his forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Now don't get me wrong here. Don't misunderstand me with these things of giving financially and gathering together at church and Bible studies and prayers and and conventions and also praying. We are supposed to do those things. They please God. But if they are done with blood on your hands, with continued sin against God and being unrepentant and not wanting to be washed in the blood of the Lamb, of the blood of Jesus Christ, then they are not pleasing to God at all. They are being completely spoilt by your sin. So is Isaiah speaking to you right now? Do you regularly give sacrificially to the church and are generous with your money? but you've never truly repented of your sin. You've never washed yourself so in, in the blood of Jesus Christ so that you have become as white as snow, as wool. Are you someone who gathers regularly to meet in God's name? You're here every Sunday. You're regular at Bible studies. You're regular in many Christian gatherings. Every year when they have a convention up at the Katoomba, men's convention, women's convention... Uh, You go, but you've never repented of your sins. You've never washed yourself. Are you faithful in prayer? You offer many prayers to God, but you've never stopped doing evil. You've never been repentant of your sin and washed yourself in the blood of the Lamb. If that is you, stop doing evil, repent and wash yourself in Jesus Christ's death by believing in him today or you will be devoured by the sword. That's the promise given to the Israelites here and it's the promise given to everyone still today. And it will be fulfilled in eternity in hell. Wash yourself in Christ. Repent of your sins. Stop doing evil. And then do these things. Offer the sacrifices of giving financially. Meet together, gather in God's name. Pray to him and know that those offerings then that you are giving to him are pleasing to him. I hope everyone in this room is not like the Israelites and giving spoilt offerings by just sitting here right now in the gathering of God's name, but that we have all stopped doing evil 
we have repented and have washed ourselves in Jesus' death. But maybe you are repentant and you're sitting here this morning and you do know that you have trusted in Jesus Christ's death and so that you are washed and that you are as snow and as wool but you aren't quite so regular with what the Israelites were doing. So I want to take just a moment here at the end to speak about this because many people around the world are more faithful in giving financially to the church and giving, uh, giving of their time at gatherings, very regular at gatherings, and praying than some Christians are. Some cults and some religions, false religions, put us to shame as Christians at how much they give of their money, how much they give of their time to gather in God's name, and how much they give of their time to prayer. You just look at some of these religions that do not encourage repentance. They do not encourage to be washed in the blood of Jesus' death. And yet they have people that are lining up to get in the doors at gatherings and meetings. They have people who are praying regularly and giving large amounts of money. Many church buildings throughout the world have been erected with the money of people who are unrepentant and have not been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you put to shame by such examples from other people? Are you regular in giving financially to God? of giving to the poor and giving to his church. I don't think I've ever spoken about tithing in this church but we are in a wealthy country and tithing is not something that I can say is there in the New Testament and that we have to do 10% of your income given to God. Some people cannot afford 10% and in many parts of the world that may be the case uh, altogether and they need some help from other Christians. But us in a wealthy country we should really be starting with 10% and going from there because we have so much that we have been blessed with by God here and we're put to shame by some of these religions that actually require 10% from their people and they have the people do it and give regularly. The Mormon church is like that. They have 10%. They're required to give 10% and they do it. Do you do that? Do you consider how much you can give how much you can give sacrificially. You don't have to give fattened animals anymore. You don't have to pass on the fat pig. Well, not pig. That's, um, that would be really wrong. That's a, uh, I, I enjoy pig, but um, God in the Old Testament didn't enjoy pig as a sacrifice. Fat cows, fattened calves. You don't have to do that. But you should be ready to give of your fat checkbooks and your fat savings accounts, ready to give over. And gatherings. Are you ready to gather in Christ's name on a regular basis and to go up to conventions at Katoomba, to be fed as much as you can, to gather in God's name? Many religions do put us to shame at how much they gather together. And prayer, how much time do you spend in prayer? There are many people around the world who pray very regularly to God and then there are people who are repentant, who are washed in the blood of the Lamb and they don't open their mouths to God in prayer much at all. We should be praying every day, regularly, throughout the day. We should be praying as we go about and we should be praying with set times of prayer. And I would love to see in this church that we have a prayer meeting. In the past, Christian churches always had a prayer meeting and people gathered for a time of prayer 
during the week or on a Sunday evening we could do that. I would love to see that happen where we start you know, at 7 o'clock on a Sunday evening, we gather again for a prayer meeting, for a time of prayer where we can share points about who we might be witnessing to, how the work in the scripture is going in the schools, how uh, different activities, uh, the playtime group and, and who you've actually been able to bring along to Bible study or something that you're struggling with and we can share it together and pray about it. It would be wonderful to do that. I do know we pray at Bible studies, but we come to Bible studies to have Bible study often. And so there's not so much time given for prayer. I'd love to see a prayer meeting in this church. So many uh, Christians around the world do it and so many people who aren't repentant have regular prayer meetings. So speak to me afterwards if you think that would be a good idea or whether I'm just going off on some sort of tangents and not speaking um, uh, truthfully here at all. Okay, so... That's what we should be doing. Uh, We should be like the Israelites but not like the Israelites. We should be offering sacrificially, we should be uh, gathering together and we should be uh, praying. Uh, We don't want to miss that point that's there as well. Okay. So I want people in this church to be firstly repentant, washed in Christ, stop doing wrong and do what is right. Don't follow the example of the Israelites there. But I do want us to be people who are bringing offerings to God, giving financially, gathering regularly and people of prayer. Let us speak with our God now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you that we can offer things to you. But Lord, help us to be careful about whether we are spoiling the offerings through sin. May we be a people who stop doing wrong and do what is right, that we really repent of our sins. We turn from them and turn to the one who can make us as white as snow, as white as wool. Lord, we pray for anyone here this morning who hasn't repented, who hasn't believed. Lord, put it upon their hearts to look at the example of the Israelites here and do so now. And Lord, help us too be ready to give sacrificially to gather together and to spend time in prayer. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.